Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Grateful tonight for the opportunity to be here. Holy Spirit, we open our arms to welcome you. We ask that you minister to our hearts, you speak to us. We pray, Spirit of God, that you touch the hearts of everyone that is here. We pray that we will not leave here the same as we came. But may we live here with a new understanding, knowledge, revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together for Jesus and clap your hands together for our instrumentalist, powerful, anointed instrumentalist. Wow. It's amazing. God is doing a miracle. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Why don't you take your seats? And we want to continue our message on the good work that God has begun in you. The good work that God has begun in you. Hallelujah. How many of you are realizing that God is doing a good work in our lives? God is doing wonderful works in our lives. Hallelujah. And he's not done. Do you agree that God is not done with us? God is doing wonderful works in our lives and he is not done yet. Let's read our foundational scripture, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Do you have your Bibles? Okay, Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident of this. Be confident that God has begun a good work in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I know when you look at your situation, it doesn't look like God is doing a good work in you, but the Bible is saying be confident of this fact. Be confident that God is doing a good work in you. Hallelujah. Whatever stage you are in, it is a good work. But he's not done yet. He says he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Jennifer, God is doing a good work in you. Amen. And he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. That means you have to allow God to do the work in you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we began talking about so many areas that God is doing a good work in us. We began talking about the good work that God is doing on the spirit or on your heart. Hallelujah. And we talk about the good work that God is doing on your soul. Do you remember? And then we 
began talking about the good work that God is doing on your flesh. Amen. The good work that God is doing on your flesh. And on this particular topic, we talk about the different types of flesh, the different forms that the flesh can exist. We talk about the unbelievers' flesh. Do you remember? The unbelievers' flesh. And then we talk about the uncontrolled Christian flesh. Do you remember? Or you were not here? Yeah. We talk about the uncontrolled Christian flesh. And then last week, I believe, we talk about the controlled Christian flesh. The controlled Christian flesh. Hallelujah. And we said the controlled Christian flesh is constantly in battle with the with the the spirit. Hallelujah. They are in constant battle. Amen. They are in constant battle and we have to suppress the flesh. We have to suppress the needs of the flesh and allow the spirit to always lead us. Hallelujah. We say the flesh and the spirit are in constant race. Do you remember? They are in a race. They are running a race. And occasionally, occasionally, the flesh may take lead. But you have to do all you can that the flesh never takes lead. That the flesh doesn't have the upper hand. Hallelujah. Because whenever you give chance to the flesh to get an upper hand, it will cause trouble for you. The flesh will cause trouble. And we never come to a stage where the flesh ceases to race with the spirit. Do you understand? Constantly, they are in battle. Constantly, they are fighting. Constantly, they are competing for what you should do. Amen. Even the The controlled Christian flesh. Even the controlled Christian flesh. Now the controlled Christian flesh is the one that you have authority over. That you will suppress. Paul said, I put my body under. You have to. He says, I put my body under. I have to purposely suppress the flesh. I have to tell the flesh, I am praying. Get up. We are praying. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, you have to. He says, I put my body under. I put this flesh under. And if he doesn't do that, after even a preacher, a powerful preacher with powerful revelation, he says, after I am done even preaching to others, I myself, I may fall. So, the preacher can also fall. The flesh of the preacher is no different from the flesh of an unbeliever, except that the flesh of the Christian or the preacher is suppressed. It is controlled. Do you understand? The needs and the feelings of the flesh is suppressed. Hallelujah. It is controlled. And you have to put the body under. You have to suppress the flesh. Sheila, do you understand? You have to suppress the flesh. Sometimes you, your, the flesh feels like saying certain things. Do you understand? Sometimes the flesh feels like saying something. You, say, you can't say that. It's the spirit. You see, have you realized that there are certain things, when you say it, afterwards you regret? Yes. 
You see, that is the spirit that is in you that makes you regret. That you gave way, you let the spirit, you let the flesh take lead. And then you regret. But you see, the flesh of an unbeliever and the spirit of an unbeliever never regrets. They don't feel any guilt. And they enjoy it. And they will do it again because the flesh agrees, the spirit agrees with the flesh. There's no competition. Whatever the flesh says, the spirit is flowing. That is the unbeliever. But you are not so. It's not so with you. Do you understand? Yeah. It's not so with you. So you are, you are the flesh, you want to pray, and the flesh says, oh, we are tired. Are we, we not, are we not tired? You know we are tired. Look at the time we got home last night. We came very late, and now in the morning, we are rising up. To, let's sleep. And then the spirit says, no, I have to pray. You see, then you feel something is telling you, you have to rise up. And then the flesh says, okay, let's compromise. Yes, let's lie down and pray. Let's lie down. At least, you know, we have no, let's have half. Let's lie down and pray. He's looking for a way to overtake. He's looking. And then if you give in and it's okay, let's lie down and pray. He takes over. And by the time you realize. And then when you wake up, then the spirit says, look what you have done. And then you are upset. He said, look what I have done. And then the, the, the meeting is over and they have finished sharing the grace. And you are, you are still on the phone. You see, if you give in to the flesh, he will disgrace you. He will disgrace you. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can I have a witness in the church? Oh, yes. If you like, you watch tonight when you get home. In the morning, see the flesh will tell you that. Ah, look at the time we got home last night. Even look at your eyes. Look in the mirror. Look at me. Look at my eyes. All red. You can see that I am tired. Let's. Tonight, this morning alone, if we don't pray, then what will happen? We, after all, we went to church. We have a good reason, don't we? We were in church together. You see? But the spirit shouldn't give in. The spirit shouldn't give in. They are in constant, but. And you see that anytime these decisions come, you, there is another in you that wants to do this. There's another thing in you that wants to do this. But then the flesh, the fleshy needs, when you are fasting, is the flesh that says, ah, is it not sex? Huh? Is it not sex? Is it not sex? And then the spirit says, it's not sex. And even, even the six o'clock dot, the flesh is reminding you it is six o'clock. And then the spirit says, it's not nice that as soon as it's six, we have to eat something. It's like we are waiting to break the flesh. It's not nice. And the flesh, you see, they are in constant conflict. They are having this. Internally, you are having this conversation. True or not true? Yeah. And then the spirit is saying, ah, it's six o'clock. Let it go to six or five or six, ten. Come on. And then the flesh says, it's six. They say, we are fasting six to six. And then you are convincing yourself, you see. It's six. So why can I break the fast? Get up, even get up. Just prepare, set preparing. Just warm the food, set it up so that six on the dot, we are finished. After all, you have, have allowed you to fast for 12 hours. Now feed me. You see? Feed me. He says, I'm, I'm hungry. Feed me. Feed me. Feed me. And then you feel hunger. You feel it. 
Do you understand? So you should always allow the spirit to take lead. And this battle is in every Christian. It's in every Christian. There is no stage in your Christianity where the flesh, you are, you are fasting and you are not hungry. There's no stage like that. But the reason why we do this, the reason why we do these things is to teach the flesh that we have control over you. You see, that's one of the reasons we fast. We fast to bring up the inner man, the spirit man, that to have power over the flesh, that I can make you not have your needs. I can make you not eat so that I can tell you what to do. Do you understand? Yes. And so when you are fasting, yes, I mean, you are hungry. You are hungry. It's a, a need of the flesh that you have suspended. You have suspended a need of the flesh. And that is how you put the body under. You are putting the flesh under. Amen. Amen. That is why when someone falls, we don't drive the person out. When someone falls, what has happened is that, you see, they are constantly going. They are leading. They are fighting in the race. The flesh and the spirit. The flesh and the spirit. When someone falls, it's the the flesh that has taken lead. It says that the person lacked a little bit with the spirit and another flesh. That is why you should always exercise the spirit. Exercise the spirit. And some of the exercises we do with the spirit is read the word, pray, fast, do come to church. The flesh doesn't the flesh doesn't want to be here tonight. The flesh that all the people who are not here, it is not their spirit that they say, no, church is not nice to I mean Tuesday service. It's not a good thing. It's not a spirit. It's a flesh that is saying, ah, but you are going to work in the morning. You are going to school in the morning. You are going to do this. You are having this in the morning. And the flesh will make you not come. It's a flesh. It's a flesh. Do you understand? So if you are come, you are overcoming the flesh. And the more of this you do, the more of this you are doing, the more of this, then you are giving the spirit the upper hand. To control the flesh. Do you understand? Yeah. To control the flesh. So when someone falls, we don't drive them out. We know that the f- you have given lead. You have allowed the flesh to take over. And so we encourage you. That is why it says, ye that are spiritual. You that have upper hand. You, in whom the spirit is up in, uh, in control. You restore such an one. Restore such an one. How do we restore you if we've driven, we've driven you away? We can restore you. We can restore you. But the scripture wants us to restore you. So when you fall, come back. Yes, when you fall, when a sister or a brother commits fornication, it's because you have allowed the flesh to take lead, overtake the spirit. Do you understand? Because for a Christian, a, control, a Christian with a control flesh, in the moment, there is a conflict. There is something that is saying, sister, don't take it off. Don't take it off. You don't, no, no, no. Something is telling you. It says, don't take it off. And then you see that there's flesh. Is, say, mm, I have a feeling. And then, you know, you see, and then the flesh is looking at the man and the muscles and I say, ah. And then something is telling you, no, 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 no. And then you say, ah, ah, no, please, like, just once, 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 once. <laughs> Do you understand? 
And then something is telling you, this thing is not good. Don't do it. It's sin before God. Don't do it. He says, when we finish, we go and apologize and to God. And we ask for forgiveness. And listen, we will fast for one week. He said, he said, do this. The flesh was telling you. You do it. I will allow you to let me fast for one week. I will not eat. And ask for forgiveness. No one is here. No one can see me. Because the flesh is looking around to see no one is there. But the spirit says that there's someone who you can see, but he's here. That can see me. The spirit is saying that. But the race is going on. And then once the flesh takes lead, it is the feeling. It's the feeling that's overwhelming. Mm. And then you see that you have do you understand? It's the flesh. Amen. The flesh doesn't like the spirit to have any involvement in the things of God. It's the flesh that when you are sitting here and there's a word that is going on, the flesh is the one that will say, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Say, why? I need to pee. <laughs> it's the flesh. And you say, but the word is powerful. This means you say, but I need to go. I need to go. He said, wait. You see, and then you're having this debate. Should I wait? Maybe I should go. And then you're having this debate within you. And then you say, okay, let me go quickly. And then you sneak out. No one will see you. Go like this. <laughs> Bend down and go. You see. Yeah, but you see, you have to let the spirit control. It's as if you don't go, I will, I will, I will show you something. You know, I will act. You know me. I will, I will manifest. But you see, you can control it. You can. You can control it. You can control it. Have you not realized that when there is no means to ease yourself, there's no means you are able to control it, but the moment you see the thing, then you... Yeah. So you see, there is constant battle between the flesh and the spirit. And the moment you leave the spirit to lag, and lagging of the spirit is not reading the word, not fasting, not praying. When you don't get involved in this, when you don't do this, then you are not feeding the spirit. And then the spirit is getting weaker and weaker. And in the race, you see the flesh going and going and going. Amen. That is why in times where we are fasting, there are a lot of good things. You see, when we are fasting, it's very difficult for you to fornicate. When we are fasting, that 21 days, you know, you set yourself, let me be holy. This 21 days. Let me be. Even, your, or even married men and women, they are even feeling a little guilt. True or not true? Yeah. Married men and women, you feel that it's not proper. Let's finish the fast. And let's, let's be holy. You see, so you see that the spirit man is just suppressing the flesh. He says the feeling is not there. It's not. It's a spirit man that is suppressing the flesh. During those times, your offerings, everything you feel, you 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 feel. I mean, it's easy to give your offerings. Is you feel that if I have to pay my tithe during the time that you are fasting, because now you are suppressing the flesh. You see? Yeah. As for the flesh, eh, it doesn't have anything good to offer you. It does not have anything good to offer you. Amen. 
It doesn't have anything good to offer. It gets you involved in useless things. Useless things, sometimes just to take you away from the things of God. Sometimes just to take you away from the things of God. The flesh will get you involved in useless things. Useless things as, such as my hair was this and I can't go to church. Such as the clothes doesn't fit me well and I can't go to church. Useless things. Like that. Do you understand? Such as I need just one extra hour to sleep so I can rise up to pray. Useless things. Like that. That is the flesh. Is somebody understand the word of God this evening? Yeah. That is the flesh. So you see, we ought to be conscious of the flesh. We ought to be conscious of the needs of the flesh. That we suppress it. We suppress it. It's a flesh. It's a flesh that feels that when you saw me, you turn away like you didn't see me. It's a flesh. And so he says, let's go. Don't come here anymore. We will not come here anymore. Useless things that somebody didn't say hello to you. Useless thing like that. Do you understand? Useless thing. Useless thing as they were sharing the food and then I didn't get some. Useless thing as when they went there, they gave me this piece of chicken that was bent. And that can drive you away from useless thing like that. Somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? It's a flesh. Whatever opportunity he will get to take lead, he will. He will take lead. Amen. So when someone falls, we know that you have allowed the flesh to lead you. You have allowed the flesh to take lead in the race. And that is why we encourage you, come back. Let us help you build up again in the spirit. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Wonderful. So the last... Um, aspect of the flesh is the, um, the resurrected flesh or the glorious flesh. The resurrected flesh or the glorious flesh. The resurrected flesh or the glorious flesh. Amen. So Robert, you realize that this body we live in is not going anywhere. It is not going anywhere. This body we live in is not taking us anywhere. Amen. We don't really need this body, but on earth, this is how we exist. Do you understand? And so we should not go about our life or go about living our life spending all of our time, all of our energy, all of our resources fixing and polishing this body. Do you understand? Satisfying this body and living the eternal things. We don't have to go about our lives letting this body sleep so much, letting this body polish, taking shower for so long that you cannot find time to feed the spirit, you know, doing all kinds of things, working so hard to feed this body so that you cannot feed the spirit. We don't have to spend all our life doing that, taking care of this flesh. Finding a place where the flesh will sleep. The TV that the flesh will watch. The, 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 the food that the flesh will eat. And because of this, that the flesh will need. And because of this, that it takes us away from feeding the most important component of us. 
Do you understand? So as for the flesh, if we are going to follow the flesh, it will embarrass us. Amen. So I just want to read this little passage with you as far as the resurrected flesh is concerned. And we will move on. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's read from verse number 35. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 35. Okay. We have... Um, it says, but some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die." You know, let's re- do you have the New Living Translation? Let us read it. It's a little bit of a long passage so that we can move through this and you will um, understand what we are reading. It says, but someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? Do you understand? Someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? And when we, when we are risen, what kind of body would we use? What kind of body would we use? Since we say so many things about this flesh, when we are resurrected, what kind of body? And then he says, what a foolish question that is. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. Isn't that so? Okay. And what you put in the ground is not a plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Isn't that so? Yes. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each seed, each kind of seed. Is it not so? Yes. So when you plant a seed, it doesn't grow up with a body of covering that was around the seed. It grows, a seed comes out, and there's a new body that comes around it. Okay, that is what the scripture is saying. It says, similarly, There are different kinds of flesh. One kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. Are you with me? That means there are fleshly, heavenly flesh and heavenly, uh, earthly flesh. He says there are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies, is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and the stars each have another kind. And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die but they will be raised to live forever. Do you understand? Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. They will be raised to live forever. That means we die corruptible and we raise incorruptible. We die mortal, we raise immortality. Do you understand? Okay, so you see, 
you understand that the body that we will rise up with to live in eternity is not the same body. It's not the same body. It can be. It cannot be the same body that then your kidneys will also die. Do you understand? Then the liver, you will need transplant. The liver will also die. It can be the same body. You understand? You will develop wrinkles again. It will break down. This, is, this body cannot be eternal. It's not this body that we are going to live in eternity. So we should not spend all our life polishing this body that we are, it's just temporal, that we are going to bury and rise up again. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The next verse, it says, our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the glorious flesh. It says, our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. You see, this is the place where God is bringing us. The good work that God is doing in our lives, this is the stage. When God is done, as far as the flesh is concerned, when God is finished with working on that flesh, this is the stage where our bodies, these bodies will be buried brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. So the new flesh, when God is done working on us, the new flesh is glorious. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? Right now, this body that you have is weak. It's weak. It's weak. It is very weak. He sees food he wants to eat. You know, he sees a man he wants to sleep with. He sees a woman he wants... Every single woman. The body is so weak. You see, he can't even focus on one. I mean, he has married one. But there's another one. And then, ah, you know, oh, my wife is here. And then... It's, it's so weak. It cannot behave. It can't behave. You see, the one attached. You say, ah. And then it's, you see some, you, your hand, you know. Even the eyes. It says, you, 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 want to, you don't want to look. But it can't afford not to. And it's looking. Very weak. And then it's going around. Hey, there's so many. Which one? Hey. <laughs> You understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Weak. So he says, it will be buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. These bodies will be buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. Where these things don't affect us anymore. Else, what will happen in heaven? Hey. Where everyone is glorious and beautiful. Hey, if we are still with this weak body, <laughs> that you will see gold and everything, and then your hand wants to take, you can't. Huh? Solomon's throne and his gold and his, his flowing all around. So when you are passing by gold everywhere and then 
You, you are picking. No, 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 no. You can't. You can't. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. So the next verse, it says, Are we done? They are buried as natural human bodies. But they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. But they are not like this. Do you understand? They are not like this. The scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth. While Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man. And heavenly people are like the heavenly man. You see? So, when we are resurrected, perhaps when we see you, we will see this is you. We will see this is you. You see? But not the same body. Do you see? See, when Christ was resurrected, when the people saw him, they saw this is Jesus. But the same body, he was able to go through a wall. Do you understand? They were just in the room and then he just appeared. He just, like... He just walked through the pulpit and then he's here. Do you understand? Yeah. That's what you call a ghost, right? That is a spirit. It's a heavenly man. Heavenly man. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It cannot. It cannot. It cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. Think about it. It cannot. These bodies cannot. So, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die. But we will all be transformed. You see? So we will all be transformed. We cannot inherit the kingdom of God with this corruptible body. We will all be transformed. Everyone will be transformed. Then he says, it will happen in a moment. In the blink of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Amen. Then there is no more death. Because this new body doesn't die. Then he says, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Or, oh, sin, where is your sting? 
Because when we have this new, the King James Version, if you can give me the last two verses in the King James Version, verse 54 and 55. 54 and 55. It says, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? Because it is our sin that leads us to death. Do you understand? It is our sin. And our sin is a result of this flesh. Our sin is a result of this flesh. And so, now that we don't have this flesh anymore, there is no sin. The spirit always yearns to do. The spirit of a saved person always yearns to do a good thing. Once you are born again, your spirit yearns to do a good thing. But it's the flesh that is in constant race, constant battle with the spirit. It is the flesh that is leading. That is, whenever the flesh takes lead, then it leads you to sin. Do you understand? Whenever the flesh takes lead, then it leads you to sin. Whenever the flesh says, I need this, then it leads you to sin. That is why you have to control it. Suppress it. When you don't feel like coming to church, it's the flesh that is telling you don't come. When you don't feel like praying, it's the flesh that is telling you sleep on. He says, sleep. No one has come on the line. Five more minutes. Just five minutes. Give me five. I will get up. Give me just five minutes. No one is on the line. Give me five. And then he will take over. Because once you give him five minutes, his goal is to take 55 more minutes. And then six o'clock, six or two, he says, wake up. Now wake up. (laughs) And then he says, look what you have done to me. Look. Amen. So don't give in to the flesh. Hallelujah. It is a, it's a good exercise to fast. It's a good exercise to fast. Do you understand? Yeah. It's a good exercise. On Thursday, we don't even need to send you a message at this stage to remind you. Do you understand? But because, you know, you are also in the flesh. Do you understand? You, we are all we are in competition, so we have to remind you. So he says, "Ye that are spiritual, you see, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness." So, hum, in humility, we send a message, remind you, we are fasting. We are not trying to. We are fasting. Yes, helping, helping us, helping us. Do you understand? Yeah. Hallelujah. Tonight, I want us to continue for and. Are you learning something? Wonderful. So tonight I want us to continue on the next good work that God is doing. So the, good, the next one is the good work that God has begun on the human spirit. The good work that God has begun on the human spirit. The good work that God has begun on the human spirit. And under this, I'm going to give you seven dimensions of the human spirit. 
Okay? There will be seven dimensions of the human spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Are you there? First Thessalonians 5.23 says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Wholly. And that includes your spirit, your soul, and your body. So, human being, every human being is made up of three parts. The spirit, the soul, and the body. Do you understand? So, you are made of the soul, the spirit, and the body. And each part of us, each part of these components has its own characteristics. Each component has its own characteristics. The flesh has its own, the flesh is what we refer to as the body, has its own characteristics. The soul has its own characteristics and the spirit has its own characteristics. Do you understand? And God intends to sanctify all these three parts. Sanctify us and make us prepared and ready Until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. So when you become born again, the Bible teaches us that something happens to one of your components. So I'm saying that you as a human being, you are made of three different components. Three different parts. The spirit, the soul, and the flesh. Now when when you are born again, something happens to one of your components. Do you understand? And we want to know, it, and, and it's important to know what happens to you. You must know what happens to you. When you are born again, you must know what has happened to you. Hallelujah. There's, a, there's something that happens to the spirit component once you are born again. And it is some form of, it's like, if I, 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 I may put it, it's like a surgical operation. Do you understand? Some form of a surgical operation has happened to you. And you have to know what has happened. Isn't that so? You have to know what has happened. If you are not well, something is wrong with you, and doctors say they want to operate on you, and they open you up, and they go into your inside and do something, and they finish, and they close it, because they put you to sleep, first of all, and then they will open you up, Go in and do something and then close it and then they wake you up. When you wake up, wouldn't you want to know what has happened to you? You would like to know. You would like to know what they did to you. You would like to know what you can do now and what you cannot do. Are you with me? For instance, if someone is a diabetic, for instance, someone has diabetes, uncontrolled, and you... you, you, you They say, okay, now we are going to transplant you with a new pancreas. Do you understand? Which is done, you know. So they give you a new pancreas. First, they put you to sleep. 
And then they open you up and then take out the old pancreas, which is not good, which does not produce insulin. And then they give you a new one. You know what is a pancreas? <laughs> there are our students here. So we have to break it down. A pancreas is a, a small organ in the body that produces insulin that breaks down the sugar which is in your blood. And then it gives you energy. Isn't that so? But besides the insulin, there are other things that it produces. But let's keep it simple. <laughs> For the sake of our art students. Okay. Okay. So, for instance, you are a diabetic that needs a pancreas. Your pancreas is not working. And then they open you up, and then they put in a new pancreas that is working, and they close you up. And then they wake you up. You must know what has happened. If they just open you up, close, and they close you up, and you wake up, and you don't know what has happened, you may go about still eating diabetic food, which is, doesn't take nice. It doesn't taste nice. You have a new pancreas, but you continue to eat diabetic food. You continue not to eat carbohydrates. You are starving yourself. You continue to be, you know, and not enjoying food. Because you don't know what has happened. You don't know that you have a new pancreas and you are not allowing it to work for you to enjoy it. Instead of now being free to put sugar in your coffee or you are still drinking your coffee without sugar because you don't know what has happened. You don't know that now you have a new pancreas. Do you understand? Or someone whose kidney is not working. Your kidney is not working and then they open you up, they called you they, and then they just put you to sleep. You didn't know. You just came. You say you came to see a doctor and then they just oh, put you to sleep, open you up, take out your old, or they put in a new kidney for you. That is working. And then you wake up and you don't know. You continue to go for dialysis. Meanwhile, you have a new kidney that is working, and then you say, I am coming for dialysis, and I'm making an appointment for dialysis. Do you understand? Or you don't understand any of these things that I'm saying? Ask students, do you understand? (laughs) Wow. Oh. For the sake of our students, here is a kidney. It's not beans. Don't eat it. (laughs) It's called a bean-shaped organ, but it's not beans. (laughs) Amen. Okay, let's come to the our students. Let's make it simple for the our students. You go to see a bank manager. They called you to a bank. And then they look at your account. They look at your account. And then they, look, they, they realize that you don't have anything in your account. And they say, oh, we will do something. We will do something for you. And then they put a large amount of money in your account. Wouldn't you want to know that they have put money in your account? But if, and you want to know how much they have put in your account. But if you don't know and you leave the place and never check your account to find out, to say, let me look at my 
my monthly account report. Let me check my ATM. Let me look. And you never look. You will still go about eating some cheap food. <laughs> Meanwhile, there, there's a million dollars sitting in your account. And you don't know. Our students. Are 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 we on the same page at this point? Okay, we have satisfied the art students and we have satisfied the accounting students and then the science students. As for money, everyone likes money. So. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So that is how it is also with the spirit of a born-again Christian. You must know what has happened to you. You must know what you can do now and what you cannot do. And if you don't know what has happened to you, you, don't, you, you are like the diabetic patient with the um, new pancreas who is still eating diabetic diet. You are like the transplanted kidney who is still going for dialysis. Or you are like the, the person with a million dollars in account who is still going to borrow. Because you don't know what has been done to you. I somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? And Paul in his teachings is the one that teaches us. He teaches us in the episodes what has really happened to us. That is why he's always saying, in Christ we can do this. In Christ we can do all things. In Christ we have our being. We, have our, we move and we have our being. In Christ this. In Christ we have this. In Christ we can do that. In Christ, you see, that is what is, he's trying to teach us. That now that you are in Christ, now that you are born again, something has happened to you which should make you able to do certain things. Amen. And that every Christian should know. Every Christian should know what has really happened to you. The transformation that has taken place. And if you are also not able to see and do those things, it should tell you that perhaps you are not really born again. Then you are really not born again. Or perhaps you don't really believe. Because faith is a great component of the transformation that has happened to you. And if you are not able to, that is why he says, without that faith, without faith, without that, you can't please God. You can't do much. So it is good to know if you say you are born again, what has really happened to you? Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. So Paul teaches us all these things. He says we are more than conquerors. We are victorious. Do you understand? He says in Christ we can do all things. In Christ we are strengthened. Do you understand? Hope, do you understand the word of God? Yeah. And that we need to know. So the first thing that I want us to look at, first, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things 
are become new. You are a new creature. He says, if any man, any man, any person, anyone, no matter what you have done in your life, no matter what experience you are, no matter where you come from, no matter how much sin you have committed, no matter how serious the sin is, the moment you come to Christ, the Bible gives you the assurance that you are a new creature. You are a new creation. You have been created all over again. And he says that, behold, all things are passed away and all things have become new. This, you need to know. As a Christian, you need to know God is saying that since you have come to Christ, you are not the same person. Since the, the day you gave your life to Christ, you are not the same person. And if you don't know, then the enemy will also make you feel that you are the same person. He says, all things are passed away. All things are passed away. If you were in the, in, in the world and you, you were not a virgin, you slept with 15 men, you did all kinds of things. And he says, now that you have come to Christ, now that you have come to all those things, they are wiped away. And your life is like no man has ever slept with you before. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It's like, oh, it's like you have never slept with any woman before. It's like brand new. Now, you need to know this. You need, as a Christian, you need to know this. Else, you will feel like, waiting man will see before. We have done this before. So, another one, will, you are a brand new person. You can't go back to do the same thing. You are different. You consider yourself a different person now. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Else you feel you still feel like this thing I've done it before, you know. So um, do you understand? Yeah. So it says all things are passed away. You are a virgin. You are brand new. You are made anew. Yes. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. So. <laughs> So if somebody asks you, he says, are you a virgin? Oh, in Christ, I'm a virgin. In Christ, I'm a virgin. Do you understand? Yeah. He said, in Christ, I'm a virgin. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He said, therefore, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. What does it mean old things are passed away? Everything old is gone. Have you stolen anything before? Oh, in Christ, I'm never a thief. <laughs> in Christ, I'm not a thief. Yeah. In Christ, I'm not a thief. Amen. You are not saying you never stole anything before. <laughs> You say, in Christ, I'm not a thief. Since I, since I come, no, I'm not a thief. All things are passed away. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. So, these things you need to know. You need to know what has really happened to you. I'm a born again Christian. What does that mean? It means I'm a new creature. It means, you see, so you don't look at yourself that you go to feel um, 
some application and they ask you, have you stolen anything before? Put no, 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 no. In Christ. <laughs> They say, really? So you have never stolen anything ever in your life? No, 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 in Christ. And then you add that. In Christ. In Christ, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. All things are passed away. What about, we saw a report of you, you say, that's with man. But in Christ, that record is with man. That record is with man. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That record... That is why you don't allow any man's record now to drive you away from Christ. Any man's, that is why a murderer can stand before the congregation and preach. Because in Christ, I'm not a murderer. In Christ, I have never killed. Since I became a born again, I'm not a murderer. Everything in my past is wiped out. Else, how can a sinful man stand before the congregation of God? Congregation that Christ died for to minister. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And to minister boldly and to talk about sin. With signs and wonders. For, some, for, for people to even believe and also give their lives to Christ. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Hallelujah. I have too many things to share with you. But, um, all right, let's just read these scriptures and then we can pause. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. You know, why don't you just take that scripture down and then um, we'll continue next time we meet. Okay. We want to pause here. We want to pause here. We will not finish. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things are become new. Say to your neighbor, I'm a brand new creature. Say, I am made anew. Say, say, Say to the person, you are looking at a new creature. Amen. You see, it's man's, man's, man, it's man that is keeping record. Leave them to keep their record. Leave them to keep their record. Do you understand? Leave them to keep their record. And record all they want and talk about all they want. As far as you are concerned, all these things, they are behind you. They are behind you. You see, looking unto Jesus, forgetting those things that are behind us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That is where we are going. Forgetting about those things. So, it is man who is keeping those things that are behind you. But you, you are not turning to look at them. Amen. You are not turning to look at them. Because you are a new creature. Amen. You are a new creature. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why everyone must be born again. Everyone. Otherwise, your sins are like a trail. They are following you. But the day you give your life to Christ, the day you give your life to Christ, that day, that moment, the Bible says all things have become new. And that, you see, you don't know. You see, the day that you go to see the surgeon, from that day, 
from the table. You are not a diabetic patient anymore. You are not that. You don't have diabetes anymore. From the day that they give you the new kidney, you are not a dialysis patient anymore. From the very moment that they put a million dollars in your account, you are not a poor person anymore. Do you understand? You are not a poor person anymore. So if somebody is looking at how you borrowed and you didn't pay last week, and how you, you still owe this and you didn't pay, and how you were asking even for two dollars or to, for somebody to call an Uber for you, and, or, and they were referring you to that. He said, From this moment on, I'm not poor because I have a million dollars in my account. From this very moment. Isn't that so? Yeah. So you also ought to know that from the day that you give your life to Christ, something supernatural has happened to you. But unless you know, unless you open back your pancreas and look and see, or unless you are told what has happened to you, then you will still go back and take your insulin, which you don't need, which can kill you. Do you understand the word of God this evening? Wonderful. Let us pause here, and then we will continue next time. Stand to your feet. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Grateful for this great gift that you have given us, the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for showing us such great love. We thank you, Lord, that in you we are transformed. In you we are made anew. In you we are regenerated. In you we are alive again. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us with such clarity of thought and of mind. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, if there's anyone here, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Christ. You are not a new creature. You are saying, I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be done with this old life. And I want to take on that brand new life that Christ offers. If that is your prayer tonight, you are here tonight. That is your heart. That is your prayer. With all eyes closed and every head bowed. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Is there anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Is there anyone here? Anyone here? Do not leave this place without receiving Christ. If you are not born again, you may not have this opportunity. You may not have this chance again. Perhaps this is the only chance. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus as your Savior? Father, we are thankful. We are grateful for the gift of salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Brian Kuma, 
please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.